0: Welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Happy almost new year, my friends! We are so close to 2021 and it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great show today, too. We will be talking about why you might not be getting the results you want from your workouts, a product to use if you're trying to cut back on sugar. How to set 2021 goals in uncertain times, some listener Q&A about resetting our bodies after holiday meals, and which exercise is best for women. I also have a special offer for you at the end of today's show, and of course, a call to action. So let's dive in. The first segment is health news you can use, and I'll be honest, I found this study on Twitter, someone just posted it recently, and I started reading through the study and planning this podcast segment and got excited about it, and then I realized that it was from 2013. But since it's still relevant, and honestly, there aren't a ton of new nutrition studies coming out at the end of the year anyway, I am going to discuss it here today. This is from Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise. That's the name of the journal. And it's a manuscript about why some people don't lose the expected weight from exercise. I chose to talk about this study because I always have so many new clients coming to me saying they exercise all the time, five times a week, six times a week, and they still aren't losing or maybe even they're gaining weight. So I want you to know basically that you're not alone. We all know those people, unfortunately, who just, like, run a few extra miles or add in one spin class per week and they just shed their extra few pounds, and that's awesome for them. But many of us are not quite like that. In fact, this manuscript says that in studies that last 25 weeks or longer, the average weight loss of participants based on exercise is only 30% of what would be expected based on the calories burned. Crazy. So it starts to make sense that we might not be getting the results we hope for from our exercise alone. And the authors go on to explain that there are two primary mechanisms for this. They say first, people don't realize it, but they're overcompensating in calories after their exercise. So if you've ever been on a 10 mile run or a really long exercise session and you just felt exhausted and hungry and maybe even hangry after, and you kind of felt, quote, justified, I don't think we ever have to justify our food decisions at all, which is why I said, quote, but uh, if you felt, quote, justified, Diving into like a burger, fries and a milkshake, and then maybe getting pizza for dinner or something like that. This is probably exactly what's happening. That 10 mile run maybe burned a thousand calories or something like that, depending on the person. And you've overconsumed it a lot with your meals. So, um, I very, very strongly believe that we do not have to earn our calories from exercise, Uh, meaning if you want to have that pizza, by all means, you have that pizza and don't calculate the calories and don't try to run 2.49 extra miles the next day to make up for it or whatever. But the point here goes without any of that counting, that if we just rely on our hunger or what we think we burned or or deserve another word that I don't like, then we often overdo it. So that's first re, that's the first reason that we overcompensate for our exercise. And then the second reason is that we actually overcompensate for our activity the rest of the day. We have reduced non-exercise physical activity. So there's an abbreviation called TDEE, which is the total daily energy expenditure. And that's the calories you burn through your exercise session. And then also all the other calories of the day combined. If you, walk from your car to the grocery store, or if you sleep, you burn calories. If you sit, you burn calories, just not as many as if you stand, whatever. We're always burning calories. So this TDEE is our total energy consumption. And this manuscript shows that when people burn a lot of calories via exercise, they're often more sedentary, throughout the day. So their TDEE is actually lower, which is kind of backwards, uh, but maybe makes sense that we want to sit on the couch after a long exercise session or something like that. So these are uh, the two reasons that they cite, and I would use that to um, guide you to just think about what what fuel is appropriate for your body, and then don't just go for your killer workout and be a couch potato all day. Keep moving and standing and taking regular movement breaks throughout the day. I think there's a third reason that's not covered by this manuscript, which is that the HPA axis, uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction or the imbalance of that axis is rampant in today's society. This is caused by stress and hormone imbalance and just kind of your body being a little extra taxed. This, when we have HPA axis dysfunction, this can often cause us to have an adverse response to exercise. So many people I see with hormone, cortisol, thyroid, things like that, imbalances like that need to be careful about adjusting their exercise. But I'm already long in the tooth here. We don't have time to go into this on the podcast. I thought the first two reasons were interesting and applicable to many. So I will link to this manuscript in the show notes. Next segment is Megan Recommends. And if you're trying to cut back on sugar in the new year, but you don't want to turn to artificial sweeteners, then yay for you. Most artificial sweeteners are really not great for our long-term health, and they actually cause us to be hungrier. There are even many studies that show that those who regularly consume artificial sweeteners end up gaining more weight than those who do not. So I like to get around this by using natural sweeteners like stevia or monk fruit, or just enjoying the taste of food itself and not having a sweetener. Uh, But when I do call on a sweetener, it's stevia or monk fruit. Monk fruit, if you haven't heard of it, is a natural plant that happens to be really sweet without the caloric impact of sugar or the glycemic impact, the blood sugar impact, things like that. Um, And one company that's doing great things with monk fruit is Lakanto. I love the Lakanto Matcha Latte, which is like a nice light green powder that I add to hot water and I make a creamy, warm, naturally sweet afternoon tea. It really helps me when I'm craving like a second or third cup of coffee, but I know that will keep me away from good quality sleep. So I turn to this Lakanto Matcha Latte. And Lakanto makes everything from hot chocolate mix to brownies to muffin mix, all sweetened with monk fruit. And I will post the link to the Lakanto Matcha Latte in the show notes, and then you can see if you want to try that or any of their other products. Next up is the veggies of the matter, and we are going to talk about goals again. I hope you listened to last week's podcast episode which covered how to assess your progress towards your 2020 goals and what to do if they didn't quite happen, Now we're turning our focus to next year. And sitting down at the top of an uncertain year, because let's be honest, 2021 is going to be filled with some uncertainty as well, sitting down with a blank sheet of paper and thinking about these goals can feel exciting and fun and awesome and empowering, but it can also feel a little daunting. So if you don't know where to start or how to select goals that are meaningful to you and achievable, I have a few tips for you today. So as we go through this, I want you to remember something I mentioned last week, which was retaining the feeling behind the goal. Sometimes we have to pivot the tactics, or sometimes we have to even pivot the outcome. But if we go through the goal-setting process thinking about the feeling, the why, why do you want to achieve this particular goal? How will you feel when you achieve this goal? These questions will help us stay motivated throughout the year, even in the face of uncertainty. So given that 2021 is going to be a bit uncertain, and and honestly, all times are uncertain. So if you happen to be listening to this in 2024, then wow, uh, send me a message back and tell me what things look like up there. Uh, But honestly, all times are uncertain. So 2021 is top of mind now, but this can really apply to any time. I'm going to go through three steps for setting these goals in uncertain times. The first step is to select three main areas. I like to set little goals in all areas of my life, but I really have three areas that I focus in on. These are my three main things. Humans can remember three things very well. We can't remember 18 things very well all the time, even if they're important to you. So I, I suggest selecting three main areas. And I'm going to go through seven areas that I start with. These might be relevant to you. That's great. You can think about these. If they're not, then you think about other areas of your life uh, that you want to focus on. These are the seven areas from my Pepper Planner, which is the planner that I use to uh, guide my yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily goals, all in that planner, which is full of motivation and health tracking and all kinds of good stuff. I'll include the link to that in the show notes as well. But the seven areas for goal setting there are health and fitness, career, finances, giving, personal and social, relationships, and spiritual. So those seven areas are where I like to start. And then I just kind of spend a few minutes, you can pause this episode, spend a few minutes thinking about each one. How do I want to feel with my health and fitness? How do I want to feel in my relationships? How do I want to feel spiritually? Whatever area, go through all seven Think about how you want to feel and then choose three of those that are really important to you. You want those to be your three focus areas for 2021. So once you have your three focus areas, we move on to step two. And step two is to set a dream goal in each one. So you've probably heard of SMART goals, which is a very widely used acronym to guide people to set effective goals. And I like SMART goals, but I kind of have to make everything my own. And I think that SMART is really missing something, which is passion, engagement, excitement, SMART goals don't include any of that, and I think we need to be excited about our goals to be effective at achieving them. So DREAM goals, I uh, made up the acronym, it's DATED, REALISTIC, ENERGIZING, action-focused, and measurable. A lot of those are very similar to SMART, just with that addition of energizing in there. So I'm going to go through how each of these applies to uncertain times or how you can use these to set your goals in your three areas. Dated is the toughest right now. Honestly, when we don't know exactly when, quote, normal life will be available to us, it's hard to uh, set dates on things like, travel or things that involve seeing people or groups or going back to the office or whatever. But I believe it is reasonable to take small measured action each week, even in the face of this uncertainty. So maybe the way you make your goal dated is I will do X once per week, something like that, instead of putting a date on the outcome. So the dated in dream refers to the process, not the outcome. R is for realistic, and here I, of course, want you to be somewhat realistic. I mean, I am not suggesting that you set a goal of uh, only walking on your hands all of 2021 or uh, flying to the moon without a spaceship or something like that, Um, but I do believe in stretching yourself. We are our only limits, so set goals that are feasible. But also throw in some elbow grease, throw in some dedication, think big. The truth is no one knows what's realistic and what's not, but if it feels kind of just outside of your comfort zone, you're probably right there. E is for energizing. And I already told you this is the most important. A goal that includes the word should or the words have to or something like that is not energizing. So be sure you're setting something that you're excited to work towards that will keep you passionate and motivated along the way. A is for action focused. I think action is the difference between a hope and a goal. A hope is like, I hope it's sunny tomorrow. Well, that's nice. I can hope all day, but I can't do anything about it, and it might be or it might not be. A goal is like, I will exercise tomorrow regardless of the weather. I will. That is an action. So make sure your goal is something you can do something about. And then finally, M for measurable. Remember that the weekly check-ins I've mentioned are critical to goal achievement. So be sure you can measure your progress, whether that's with numerical data or a one to 10 scale to see how you feel or how hard you worked or a measuring tool. You can listen to the episode a few episodes ago where I talked about 10 health metrics that you can measure in 2021, but be sure it's something you can measure. So step one of this three-step goal-setting process was to select your three main areas. Step two is to set a dream goal in each area. And then finally, step three is to break each of your three big goals into mini steps. If you wanna pay off your credit card bill, then figure out how much you need to pay off each week. If you want to train for a marathon but you haven't run a step in your life, cool. A marathon's 26 miles. That means you need to be able to build up one mile every two weeks. So set a plan for that. Figure out how you will gradually ease up until you get to your big goal. Break it down into mini steps and then set that weekly calendar reminder to check in on your progress. So these are the three steps to achieving or to setting your goals in uncertain times. Select three main areas. Uh, set a dream goal in each of your main areas and then break each one down into mini steps and have a calendar reminder to check in on your progress. I am also going to link to this week's blog post where I have included links to seven, I believe, previous blog posts that I've written on goal setting. So everything from Ways to make your health goals fun, one major thing holding you back from achieving your goals, three things to do before setting your goals, uh, resolutions for your mental health, why I don't believe in resolutions in the first place. All kinds of things like that will be linked in this week's blog post. It's time for listener Q&A, and we have two great questions this week. The first one comes from Lydia. She says, is there a healthy way to reset your body after unhealthy holiday meals around the holidays? Lydia, you might or might not know what I'm about to say, but there is one critical step, which is just forgive yourself, recommit, and start fresh today. I guess that's three steps, but it's all in the same vein. Do not spend time, energy, um, emotions thinking about what you should have done or what went wrong or anything like that. Just focus on doing your best today. There's nothing we can do about yesterday, and I hope you enjoyed your less healthy holiday meals. I believe food is on a spectrum anyway, from physically healthy uh, on one end, and then on another end, there might be less physically healthy, but we do them for Deep enjoyment or uh, emotional satisfaction, and some of that is okay too. So forgive yourself and then recommit to making today as healthy as possible. That starts with water. Adequate water helps us flush out excess inflammation, helps our body really return to feeling its best. If you want to take it an extra step, throw some apple cider vinegar, a tablespoon or so into your water. That can aid your body even further in helping detox and and eliminate some of the bloat or some of the um, inflammation. Now, exercise is the next step, but don't overexercise. Don't think you have to go out and exercise for two hours or something like that because you ate a less healthy meal, just move your body. Maybe that means a 20-minute walk. Maybe that means a, a fun virtual online yoga class or whatever it is for you, move your body in a way that feels good. Veggies are always going to be at the top of my list. Veggies are really great because all of the fiber in veggies can help us uh, eliminate some of the toxins and some of the inflammatory foods that we have previously eaten. And then the nutrients will help perk up our energy uh, and and reduce that inflammation as well. I recommend the day after, uh when you wake up kind of feeling icky, make a plan for your food. Doesn't have to be all that specific, but figure out what you'll have for lunch, figure out what you'll have for dinner, make a list of a few healthy snacks that you have available in your house, and really set yourself up for success. Because if you go through that day hoping that you'll rely on willpower and really uh, trying to over-restrict or trying to not eat a lot or something like that, you're probably just setting yourself up for a vicious cycle, and that vicious cycle does not feel good. The basic answer, Lydia, is just commit to To make this a healthy day, don't need to overdo it, don't need to make up for it, just drink water, get in some movement, eat some veggies, and do your best today. Chandler asked the second question Chandler asks, What are the long term exercise benefits for women between weightlifting and strength training? or Pilates. Um, And so she's looking for the long-term benefits. The shortest answer, I know she kind of wants me to choose one, uh, the shortest answer is I think strength training will give more long-term benefits because of its protective effects on bone health, on your heart health, on developing and maintaining muscle. You know, women really tend to lose muscle quickly later in life. So developing it through strength training now is going to be so beneficial for your long-term health. But honestly, the longer answer is it depends on you. It depends on your body type. It depends on your preferences. It depends on where you're starting. If you already have that long and lean body type, then Pilates might be the best bet for you. There are Pilates devotees that love Pilates and for really great reason too. It targets some of those kind of hard-to-reach muscles in a way that doesn't put much strain on your cardiovascular system or your adrenals. It doesn't make you sweat much, which a lot of people really like. So if this is sounding like your kind of exercise, and maybe you already have that long lean body, you don't have much fat to lose, but you want to tone up, then I highly recommend Pilates. If on the other hand, you do have more fat to lose, and you want to build lean muscle and burn some of that fat, And by the way, building muscle does not mean you're going to get bulky. It's really, really hard. Women have to be uh, lifting very heavy weights for many hours a day and probably take some external supplements to boost testosterone in order to get bulky. So the average person working out, you know, four times a week, something like that, is not going to get bulky from strength training, I promise. So if if you do have more fat to lose and you want to build that lean muscle and you like kind of more of the like hardcore type workouts, uh, you don't mind sweating, you want to feel like you accomplished something walking out of there, then strength training is, is might be, I would, I was going to say is for you, but it might be for you. Neither workout, actually, between strength training and Pilates burns nearly as many calories as cardio during the session, but the afterburn of strength training as your muscles recover is considerable, is very high. Um, So for all those reasons and because of the bone health, the heart health, the maintaining muscle, all those things I mentioned at the beginning, um, I kind of tip the scale towards strength training. But... This is as many wishy-washy answers as I can possibly give, but one more. The final answer is find what you will stick with, find what you love, find what you will do consistently, and just do it. Don't overthink it too much. All right, before we dive into the call to action, I have a special offer for you, and it is so appropriate at these times. Because really the messages are starting. And I promise you, no matter what everyone is saying, you do not need a diet at all and you certainly don't need a diet that will make you feel badly about yourself there's far too much restriction deprivation starvation dramatic things going on right now and it is not my style you don't need to starve yourself you don't need to do 8 hours of cardio per day you don't need to get rid of your favorite food groups We can work everything in in moderation. What you do need is a plan that is customized to you that's fun and flexible. Maybe you need some guidance. You need some education on what foods really fuel your body. And a little encouragement and a super supportive group doing this alongside of you Totally doesn't hurt. So, if this all sounds intriguing, I would love to tell you more about my new group program. Well, it's not new anymore. We already ran one round. So, the day or the relaunch after the debut, the relaunch of Color Up is available now for sign-up as of uh, December 28th, yesterday, you are able to sign up for Color Up. Color Up is a four-week group program that starts January 11th, 2021, and lasts until February 5th. The sign-ups end January 8th. I can't be loud and clear enough about that because I need to make you your custom color palette. You do an intake quiz, you tell me your goals, you tell me your starting place, you tell me your preferences, you tell me your health conditions, and I create a custom color blend for you. I'll teach you all about what the colors are, all about how to fuel your body. We will have fun. We will get you great results, and you will be able to avoid all of that negative January talk that really no one has time for. So if you want to join me, check out the link in the show notes. I would love to have you in Color Up. Regardless, I have one more call to action for you. This is to share one of your 2021 goals with me via DM. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram at the Lion share, or I'll put up a comment box today, this morning, on my Instagram, on my Instagram stories. So if you listen to this today or within 24 hours from the podcast release, you can go over, answer the comment box, tell me one of your 2021 goals. I'm gonna choose three people to send pepper planners to for free to help them achieve their goals in 2021. So here is to the happiest, the healthiest, the best possible 2021. It's certainly going to show throw us some uncertainty. There will certainly be challenges, but we can set ourselves up for success by going through the goal setting process that we talked about today. I will be cheering you along every single step of the way. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the Lion Share website.